0: You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer
1: the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight plus enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns don't miss our special mother's day deals save big on the season's most beautiful trends for a limited time get up to 50% off by going to bluenile.com that's bluenile.com for panther fans who want to keep pounding for the we're the we're the we're the war the we're the, we're the ones who want an inside look at the vault this is, this, this 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 is views is from the now Here's your host, Lonzo Wrightsell and Rob Brown. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's talk some Carolina Panther football here on the Views from Mint Street Podcast. Welcome in. Glad to have you. Wish it was in a better mood, but what are you going to do? Welcome to National Football League. Football as the Carolina Panthers fall at home. 26-16 defeated by Kyler Murray and his Arizona Cardinals. My name is Rob Brown, host of the Rob Brown Show here in Greenville, South Carolina. And joining me, of course, as always, is my co-host Lonzo Reitzel. A uh, lot of celebration, a lot of good feelings last week, and they all went right back to the other side of things, to the dark side, if you will, after this Sunday. And we're going to get into the X's and O's of all of it, Zo, but... Uh, Not the way we wanted to to be opening up this podcast after falling to one and three.
0: Yeah, I'm over here working on my hashtag fire and then just adding names afterwards. Just everybody? Yeah, just hashtag fire this, fire them, fire this person. Uh, Apparently, I'm not the only one. There are hashtag fire rule out there was trending a little bit earlier. I don't know why. Why is there no? I don't see any hashtag fire McAdoo anywhere. Maybe people can't spell it. I don't know if that's what it is, but I, I don't see it. Should be but I don't see it.
1: I, uh, you know, we've, we've, we've talked a little bit about this game and I'm going to get into some numbers coming up in a few minutes that I find very interesting and some numbers that I think, unfortunately are going to kind of tell the tale of just where we are right now. But uh, before we get into any of that, I've got to start with this. The problem to me the problem to me is that we're just, we're doing the little things. Or I should say, we're not doing the little things. Uh, I, I go back to specifically one play that kind of drove me up the wall a little bit, right? We had a couple of fumbles in this game. And one of them was on a receiver end around, right? You got a receiver coming around the outside. The quarterback takes the ball, turns, turns. And it's a handoff. It's a handoff. Now, one of two things happened. Either A, we haven't practiced quarterback to wide receiver handoffs enough that it's second nature. In which case, we should not be running a play that requires a quarterback to wide receiver handoff. Or B, we have done it, we have gotten there, and for whatever reason, on game day, we just can't execute the little things. And when it comes down to it, above all the numbers and the X's and O's we're going to get into here in just a moment, if we're not getting the simplest things, a handoff, nothing fancy, no flips, tosses, screws around, none of that, it's a handoff. We can't get that right.
0: All right, so the TV broadcaster speculated that it was going to be a double reverse. And if you look at it, it looks like it's being set up for that. So I believe it was Higgins, was handed the ball, and you could watch his eyes. He was looking towards the other receiver that was coming around that he was going to hand the ball to. So it wasn't like a single handoff, it was getting ready to be another handoff, and he was thinking about it. And that's the other thing. You need to, that's what practice is for. You practice enough to where there's no thought, you just do and you could tell he was thinking about it. You could see his eyes were in the wrong place. You could see someone else coming around for him to hand the ball off to, and that's I think, I think the speculation by the, uh, by the TV guys was accurate because if you look at it, it was set up to be that, a double reverse. They speculated a double reverse pass. It may have just been a, a double reverse, but he was looking to hand the ball off again, and his eyes were in the wrong
1: place. And that very well – may be the case, right? But let's say it is. I still think my two points stand, right? Either A, we didn't practice the gadget play enough where we should have been comfortable running it in a situation like that, or B, we have practiced the gadget play enough that we should be comfortable running it, but when it came down to execute, we just keep making mistakes at the foundational level. there's,
0: There's another point here. All right, if you can't make basic plays work, Stop with the gadget stuff. Make basic plays work before you want to try to get fancy.
1: Sure. Agree with that, too. But here's the other aspect of it we're not getting fancy. There's nothing fancy here.
0: There was an attempted at fancy.
1: There was one attempted fancy. But you go back to what obviously is, to me, the story of the game. You know, you and I have been having fights going back to preseason. About how many touches Christian McCaffrey should have, right? And and, and I've said I want to keep it around twenty twenty two. You have been saying you want it around twenty nine thirty one, somewhere around the thirty mark. Christian McCaffrey had seventeen touches in this game. Okay, eight of them were runs, and of the eight runs, they comprised the majority of the. <clears throat> 13 times that we ran the ball in a complete and total NFL game. For the record, we ran the ball 13 times. James Conner had 15 carries by himself. You know, Benjamin had five carries for the Cardinals. Uh, Darrell Williams had four. Kyler Murray had 12 keeps in this game. Kyler Murray ran the ball just about as many times as the Carolina Panthers did with the running back stable we have. Explain it to me. All right, so
0: 13 times, that means that the Panthers obviously were down the entire game, were never leading, so to come behind from behind, they had to throw the ball a lot, right? Is that, is that That's what
1: happened? It turns out, and for those of you who have not had your Lonzo-certified sarcasm detector light built into your listening device yet, Uh, The reason that Lonzo said that is because Lonzo is well aware, as were all of you, that the Carolina Cats were leading this game at halftime. We were winning the game at halftime and ran the ball 13 total. Not not Christian McCaffrey ran it for 13 times. Not McCaffrey and Baker combined for 13. We ran the ball as a whole team. 13 times in this football game.
0: So normally, as a rule, in football, if you've got a lead, you uh, you try to uh, take up clock. You try to make a drive longer. You try to, well, run the ball. That's what you try to do. You try to run the ball. Uh, maybe you try and you get stopped and you get stuffed and you're like, okay, we can't run the ball. That's not what happened. They didn't even try.
1: I don't get it. I really genuinely don't understand it. Like what like why, right? So so we've talked about Ben McAdoo so far. And I know that this was your this was your chief target on the Rob Brown show, which airs from nine to noon on the fan upstate in Greenville, South Carolina, and can be listened to for free on the C on the Odyssey app. Your primary run today was at Ben McAdoo. And for the record I'm cool with that, man. Like, I've got more blame to spread around, but I got no problem with that when we run the ball 13 times. And of Baker's 36 passing attempts, right, how many of them were just generic routes, right? Like, we're we're, we're not... We're throwing the same plays every week. Uh, Part of the reason, I genuinely believe, part of the reason that the Panthers had five, uno, dos, tres, cuatro, cinco, five Baker Mayfield balls batted down at the line is because even the freaking defensive line is capable of reading what we're doing right now with the football.
0: Mr. M- Coach Klein, what, what, what's that book you're reading?
1: That'll football be for Dummies.
0: Football for Dummies, yep. also known as the McAdoo book.
1: I, I'm, I'm telling you, man. Like, I... I feel like I was the only one, or, or one of a well, very. Well, think small
0: about number it. Orlosky was it a week ago when he was yeah, bre- when he's breaking things down. Who came up with those plays, McAdoo? Who's getting the blame? Not rule, and you know he should get some blame. Who's getting the blame? Baker's getting the blame. He should get some blame, but the primary blame should be on the guy who's calling the game. And that would be Ben McAdoo, and he's not getting any at all. And all you people who want rule gone, you going to get McAdoo as your as your head coach for the rest of the season. Good luck with that.
1: I uh I will tell you, uh, and and obviously we're gonna get into a lot of this as we play forward. Uh this offense is uninspired. This offense is the opposite of creative. It is his standard. Routine I'm going to disagree with you, as you on one
0: point. There, you know when it's inspired, when Christian McCaffrey touches the ball, when he touches the ball, it lifts here's everybody. The
1: thing. Here's the thing: I get that because of just how damn good he is. But here's the thing: even when he gets the ball, it's uninspired. It's unimaginative. It's not creative. It's just that he's so good he can overcome that. Right? He he is he is so good that when you give him the rock and defenses know what's coming he is still capable of making plays if it was if you plugged i don't know 25 of the other two starting running backs in the league into the offense that we have built right now they would fail right because McCaffrey is just in that elite top tier level of running backs and our our offense is so easily predicted it's it's so easy to get a read on. Uh, in fact, I was I was watching some of the game on Sunday with the lady friend sitting on the couch. And she gets, I don't know, three, four plays deep into the fourth quarter. By the way, a quarter in which we still very much had a chance to win the freaking football game.
0: Oh, without a doubt.
1: Into the fourth quarter. And she looks at me and she goes, why, why do they just keep doing the same things? It's like, I, if I had the answer, I'd let you know. Why? I don't know. Is it a comfort level? Is it a they don't trust the players on the offensive side of the football thing? Well, I don't know what the answer is. But when she looks at me and says, why do they just keep doing the same things over and over? I cannot answer that question. And it's wildly disappointing.
0: Oh, my wife was asking the same things. Why do they keep throwing to the right? I don't know. I don't know. Why does Baker keep getting balls batted down? I know why part of that is because they keep doing the same play, and the defense knows it's coming, and they can tell, well, he's going to throw over there because he's been throwing over there every other play. I'm just going to jump up in the air and block the ball. I mean, J.J. Watt is J.J. Watt. He's going to get some plays for sure. Uh, but other guys were batting the ball down too. It's just it's it's very unimaginative, and it's it's embarrassing how bad it is.
1: Yeah, uh, it, it's it's I get it, right? Like it's somebody asked earlier this morning. You know, we were talking about getting set up for the podcast and all that. And somebody's like, how, like how do you go and you make your podcast entertaining when the team is bad? And. The hardest-hitting part of that is the realization that the team's bad right now. Now, the question mark is where do we spread that blame? Right, like where are we going to put the blame for the team being bad? Because I, I I think it's very easy, expected, and easy to go. Well, it's Matt Rule, right? It's the head coach, right? It all falls back on him. And, and I have gotten in 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 fights with people in the past from a philosophical perspective when they always want to go, oh, you know, the buck stops at the top, right? It's like every time something goes wrong within the country, oh, it's the president's fault. Doesn't matter who the president is. It's the president's fault. It's like, guys, you do realize there are a hell of a lot of people between him and what's happening, right? There's a lot of people whose responsibility is to prevent it from getting to the level where that gets called into question. I got no problem with Lonzo saying Ben McAdoo's a big part of the problem. I don't disagree, right? Uh, Again, I was one of few if the only one that was defending the hire in the first place because of his success, and let me underline this, as a coordinator before he became the head coach of the New York Giants. When he took over a Giants team that was ranked number 31 in the league, the next year they were 17, the next year they were like seven. Right. He's had success as a coordinator, but for whatever reason, and again, I don't know if it's because he doesn't trust the line. I don't know if it's because he doesn't trust the receivers. I don't know if it's because he doesn't trust Baker. Remember that McAdoo, not a huge Baker guy, right? He didn't say the first good positive word about Baker until when until Baker was his quarterback in Charlotte, everything before that. He's always been anti Baker. So I don't know if he just doesn't trust Baker. I don't know what the situation is. All I know is this offense leaves not a little to be desired. It leaves a lot to be. And by the way, some of it is on Baker, too. He's missing some easing ones. He's got happy feet in pockets, which, by the way, are being formed really well by the offensive line. A lot of it's on Baker, too. The the, the problem here, though, isn't that we have to answer the question, who deserves the blame? The problem is that there's well more than enough of it to go around at this point.
0: And who's going to be the scapegoat? Because somebody will be, or will they be? Will we just Is this what we're going to get for the rest of the season without any repercussions until the season is over?
1: Yeah, remember, they fired Joe Brady midseason last year. And by the way, the problems, in my opinion, last year were not on Joe Brady. I mean, again, offensively, he's kind of hamstrung by a very pedestrian offensive line and a not good quarterback last year in Sam Darnold, and they fired Joe Brady, and I agreed. I said last year, he's the sacrificial lamb, right? You got to do something, and you can't fire Rule here if you're David Tepper. So the question is now, if you're Tepper, if you're Fitzy, do you go midseason firing and start working to the next level and maybe kind of tank the team a little bit for a draft pick? I know anti Alonzo is very anti-tank. Uh, I'm not a big fan of the concept, though. I understand why. You might go ahead and make the move now. We are going to talk about that. But before we do, I want to get into some numbers that have stood out to me.
0: Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking
1: app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us.
0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All
1: right, so we've talked about doing the little things right, right? Getting handoffs down. Kicking out the defensive end on a pull. And getting that block set so that there's a hole to be run. We've talked about all of this. And it's important it all gets talked about. But here are some offensive numbers that have come up over the last couple of weeks that I wanted to talk about. Okay? And I'm going to start with this one. Time of possession. Time of possession is largely influenced by how you do on first down. Right? Because if you're creating second and short, third and short, And you're able to sustain those drives because your first downs are going well. You got a chance. The Carolina Panthers are 32nd in the league in time of possession right now. Right now, they have had the ball 40.5% of the time in games. Now... You're going to have some games where that number is going to get up closer to 58, 59. You're going to have some games, even the best team, where that number is down around 42, 43. It can also sometimes be a deceitful number because, hey, if you go out there and you have two or three drives where you score on a couple of big plays, all of a sudden, you know, eight-minute drives are worth seven points, just like if you score on a three-minute drive. But when you average the numbers together, game by game by game by game by game, Forty point five percent, thirty-second in the league. In the past twenty season, Lonzo. Twenty seasons. No team in the NFL has averaged less than forty one percent time of possession. We are, based on this number, historically bad. Two decades, not a that is including a pair of 0 and 16 teams. That is including a laundry list of one-win and two-win teams. In 20 years, no team has held the ball for less time than the 2022 Carolina Panthers. We're only four games in, but that's not good.
0: No, that's that's horrible. It's historic, and yeah, it's, it's horrible, and... You gotta scratch your head and say, How can you fix this? Which a lot of people are thinking that. I'm sure the Panthers themselves are trying to think, how do we fix this? Um I don't know. Well, one thing you can do, this this helps with time of possession. You can run and stick a ball. That's what you could do. You could do that. You you absolutely can. Not only do you have one of the better running backs in football, you got a couple other guys who can also run the ball. You absolutely do. You could do that. Time of possession, you hold it a lot longer if you're running the ball. Because the cl- clock still runs, as opposed to when you throw the ball and the receivers don't catch the ball, uh, you which know what else stops you're doing? the clock.
1: You're giving your damn defense a time to breathe. You are your defense. Who is carrying you right now? Remember how much were we leading by at halftime, Lonzo? Seven points. How much was Frankie Luvu's pick six worth?
0: That would be uh, six. seven points. Six plus well, yeah, six plus, plus the Yeah,
1: Yeah, it's worth the lead, right? The defense is carrying this offense. Let's look at time of possession within this game. Okay, within this game. In the first quarter, the Carolina Panthers held the ball eight minutes and one second. The Arizona Cardinals had the ball six minutes, 59 seconds. You won the first quarter in time of possession, right? Second quarter, Arizona held the ball nine minutes, 57 seconds. We held the ball. Five minutes and three seconds.
0: So it's kind of reverse there. So it's pretty even in the first half.
1: Pretty even for the first half. Let's look at the second half, shall we? Don't want to. Let's do it anyway. Let's 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 all uh let's all hurt ourselves a little bit, you know? Third quarter. The Arizona Cardinals have the ball for ten minutes and fifty-six seconds. Hmm. The Carolina Panthers had the ball for four minutes and four seconds. Fourth quarter. The Arizona Cardinals held the ball 10 minutes and 43 seconds with a chance to win. The Carolina Panthers held the ball 4 minutes and 17 seconds. Now, you don't need to be a genius to know that, again, you might have some games where you pop two or three big first downs and you score rapidly, and that can distort the numbers. But when you have not one Not two, but three out of four quarters where the bad guys are holding the ball well over twice the amount of time that you have the ball, you're either scoring 60 points or you're not. And we were not. You
0: know, and all that being said, there was still an opportunity for the Panthers to win.
1: Still had a chance. And that's what's frustrating. That's what's frustrating. Let's look at some other numbers, shall we? I don't Because we're to. having such a dandy old time here on the Views from Ministry Podcast. The Panthers, through week four, have run 219 offensive plays. You want to know what rank that is good for in the National Football League, Lonzo? I'm
0: gonna guess uh thirty-one.
1: Thirty-second. Wow. We were actually thirty-one coming into this week. You know who was ahead of us? The Chicago Bears were the only team that had run fewer offensive possessions than us going into last week. After this week, after this week, the Chicago Bears are now or have now run more plays than we have with the football. The Chicago Bears went 11 of 22 through the air and ran the ball 32 times. How many times did we run the ball, Lonzo? 13, 13, 13, do you, do you, do you, do you see the issue here? Do you see the problem here? Right? Keep in mind, that is a Bears team that has lost to the New York Giants. That is a Bears team that needed everything they had to get by the Houston Texans. That is a Bears team that got walloped by the Packers and a Bears team that lost back on the opening week to the 49ers. That's an O for football team who has now run more plays than we have. But again, numbers can be skewed, right? Not with four weeks of sample size. Four weeks, even if two of those games give you skewed numbers, you're still coming out to an average of dead last in the league. I'll tell you the worst number. This is the one that jumped out uh, at me. All right? Uh, Right now, Carolina... Ranks last in the league, our average drive, Lonzo, is 4.8 plays per drive, right? That means that more often than not, three and out, or one first down, and then a punt or a turnover.
0: Now, you can look at some of the better teams in the league, and that's all That's all the time they need to score. Uh, sure, if you got a Mahomes or yeah.
1: a Lamar back there... Like I said, maybe a, maybe you pop one off and you go get you a 65-yarder and all of a sudden a drive that would have taken you four minutes to get it down the field. You only need th- two because you've gotten down into the red zone in two plays. We don't got that. We ain't got that. These numbers would be irrelevant, Lonzo, if we were putting up 35 points a game, right? We're not. We're not. We're putting up way less than that. Oh, and by the way. that
0: under 17.
1: The now one and what is it top of my head one in uh, 27 mark when we score 17 points or fewer one in 27 when we don't get to 17 points
0: under Matt rule yes
1: we are not getting to 17 points again that number doesn't bother you if you're getting to 25 30 32 35 a game because you're going how many games are we scoring 17 what does it matter right most of them most of them that's the problem that's the problem on third down We have had 49 attempts to convert a a third down this year. We have converted 12 of them. That means we convert on third down 24.4 percent of the time. Guess where that ranks in the NFL, Lonzo? I'm guessing last. You are guessing correctly. We are dead last in the league in third down conversion rate. Well, and in plays per drive in time of possession, and number of offensive plays run. It's just bad.
0: An example of that yesterday, uh, there was a third and one, which ended up being a fourth and one, which ended up being a turnover on downs. When you have not only – I mean, you've got some guys, you've got some workhorses back there that you could put in there to run the ball, and the first thing you do is you try to sneak it from from a yard. You don't get it. You put McCaffrey – in there, but you uh if I recall it was a, a a throwing play instead of a running play to the right, by the way, the same place that they mm-hmm. for the rest of the game tried to throw to. It's just it still comes back to play calling. It really does. Now there's a chance that maybe uh that maybe Baker is checking out of the things that are that are called, but you're gonna get more third downs, especially thirds and shorts, if you actually call the right play, you're gonna get those, and they're just not doing that.
1: I don't disagree, man. I don't disagree. Uh, you want some more? Why not? Let's have a little more fun, shall we? Third down conversions per game right now, right? Just told you that we are uh, we are uh, dead last in the league right now. Panthers third down conversions per game. In the year 2020, we were 26th in the league with 4.8 third down conversions per game. Last year, we were 18th in the league. With 4.9 third down conversions per game. this year, through four games so far, we are dead last with 3.0 third down possession per games. So we are converting three third downs per game.
0: So that's like it's a three for the entire for game. The game for the entire three. game, not
1: even one a quarter, three third downs. Now, where does that put us? 3.0 conversions per game if that's where we finish. Would rate, would excuse me, would rate lowest in the league over the last 20 seasons. The 2005 San Francisco 49ers, historically bad team, averaged 3.1 third down conversions per game. The Detroit Lions when they finished 0 and 16 finished with 3.7 third down conversions per game. We are worse than the Owen 16 Lions were offensively if you only look at statistics right now. Now again, statistics are only a part of the picture, right? They're only a blob on the canvas. They're not the whole picture. But they're a pretty big blob and they are pretty important at this point. Every number that I have shared with you so far Points to this franchise right now being historically bad. And I understand the concept of rules a three-year guy. Give them three years and let's see where we're at. But here's the thing. Three years needs means I need to see improvement. Just about every metric, we are in the bottom of the league. And in the, what, five, six numbers I just shared with you, we are the bottom of the league. What am I supposed to point at and go, there's the sign that we're pointed in the right direction right now. Because the win over the Saints, who are now one in three, who have been, who should have been, uh, re- realistically, the Saints should be 0 and four. They got lucky to beat the Falcons in week one. The only team we beat is an 0 and four Saints team, or what should have been an 0 and four Saints team. It's not good enough. It's just not.
0: All right. So I got to say, with all this negativity, there still were some positive things. That happened in the game, and I'm sure we're going to get to those.
1: Well, we might. We might, but I'm not done with the negativity. Oh, come on! I'm not done with it. Uh, Twisting that knife. The conversation regarding the quarterback position regarding Baker Mayfield. Now, I'm going to tell you that, I, uh, for those of you who don't know me, who haven't listened to my show, uh, I have a background in journalism. I am not real big on providing a quote without providing context. But I'm going to give you a quote here. And I'm going to give you a quote from today's press conference from head coach of the Carolina Panthers, Matt Rule. By the way, today being Monday. Okay? Matt Rule has been faced, understandably, by a lot of folks who are asking if Sam Darnold might replace... Baker Mayfield when he gets healthy. Now, before we go down this let me, let me let me before we go down that road, let me kill this right where we are Zoe. Sam Darnold is still dealing with a high ankle sprain. Sam Darnold is likely 3 to 4 more weeks away from being ready to play National Football League.
0: So, all those people who are yelling for Sam
1: don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Because he's nowhere near he's still got physical therapy to go and through. And
0: the high ankle sprain is the worst kind of sprain.
1: He is nowhere near ready. Okay?
0: And it's not a matter of them taking their time, bringing them back, because right now they may think, man. What's I'm, a hurry? Yeah, well, a spark, a maybe? A spark? So. All, the, all those people hating, I can't stand Sam Darnold are now saying, man, we need Sam Darnold. Fickle. So, fickle.
1: uh, Luke Fickle. What's he got to do with it? So, Sam Darnold is nowhere near ready, and yet people are asking Matt Rule, "Will we see a QB change?" Right? We know PJ Walker is not the guy. Right? We've we've seen PJ in action; he's not the guy. Love him, hard worker, good dude. PJ is not the guy. Who else is out there? Ain't but one guy. And where is number one? But if Cam wanted to be a Panther, that would have been done already. Okay? He would be. He's not our priority. We're not his priority. So it ain't that guy. Guy, you don't have an option. Baker Mayfield's your guy until he can't play football anymore.
0: And by the way, I love Cam Newton. McCam is done.
1: He's done. He's done. I love him too. He's done. Today, Matt Rule got asked in his press conference, is there potential for there to be a change at quarterback? Matt Rule said, and I'm directly quoting him, I think Baker's our quarterback. End quote. I think Baker's our quarterback. I will leave you right here and let you stew on that for a moment. All right, let's start steaming toward the rear end of the views from Mid Street I also don't like how I phrase that. Lonzo, yeah, I, I just, also uh, don't like I mean, how I phrase yeah, that. Yeah,
0: the, the look that I gave you as uh yeah, it's uh, I pulled a
1: DK Metcalf on that one. Let me try that one again. Ladies and gentlemen.
0: Oh, I'm not editing that out, by the way. I'm I didn't expect that. you yeah, to. Okay. That's All why right. I said,
1: let's try it again and just rolled into it. Ladies and gentlemen, let us begin to wrap up the Views from Men's Street podcast.
0: There we go. Let's that, go with that. That works.
1: That works. It's the beginning of the end of this edition of the Views from Ministry Podcast. And, of course, as always, we do very much thank you guys who download every week and follow along through this season with Zoe and I. We do ask you to share it with your friends and family. Put it up on your social media. You can tag us in it at the Rob Brown Show, at Lonzo on Word. Share it with your family. Share it with your friends. If you see that dude walking down the street in the Panther shirt, share it with him. We want all y'all. To be a part of this as we continue to grow the pot. Let us talk, Lonzo, about the defensive side of the football. Because defensively speaking, I'm not sure what you would be terribly upset about, right? I mean, maybe you'd go, shouldn't have given up 16 points in the fourth quarter. But here's the reality. We gave you those time of possession numbers earlier, right? Arizona held the ball 10 minutes And 56 seconds in the third quarter, 10 minutes and 43 seconds in the fourth quarter. Do you know what else that 10 minutes and 56 in the third quarter signifies? And that 1043 in the fourth quarter signifies? Absolutely. The
0: defense was out there the entire time.
1: Correct. It means your defense was working combined between those two periods for 21 and a half of those minutes. 21 and a half minutes of, of, of football clock. Your defense is gassed at that point. Now, the defense back in the first half, in my opinion, more than held up their end of the bargain. It was the Arizona Cardinals, Cliff Kingsbury, and Kyler, I stole my mommy's cell phone, Murray, put up a field goal in a half. A field goal. If you'd have told me going into that game that the Panthers were going to roll up into halftime, having only given Kyler Murray and Hollywood Brown three points, I'd have slapped you on the butt and told you good game because that's a hell of an effort. I would have absolutely been blown away. And I would have also expected that at some point the offense would have pitched him. They didn't. They they gave us a field goal in the first half. They gave us six points on the back end. The defense, Frankie um is, is a machine right now. He's a machine. I am enjoying watching this kid fly around and play. The defensive backfield for the Panthers has been exceptional. The front four across the line of scrimmage led by D. Brown, who continues to flip me the metaphorical bird every week for talking about how I wanted more out of him. He's been giving it to me.
0: By the way, it's Derek Brown. I mean...
1: No, I, I go D Brown. Yeah, now. yeah but
0: D Brown that was actually a, a player, so fair enough. Make people that's think true. That's okay,
1: Derek Brown. I have infinity. If you've never listened to my radio show of nicknaming everybody, so Derek Brown and the rest of the guys. The defense has been good. They were good against New Orleans. They were good against Arizona. For whatever reason, there's just no complimentary presence. And the the, the problem I have here. Aside from not scoring points when we have the football, uh, Lonzo, at some point, maybe not everybody, and I hope I'm wrong. Maybe there's nobody. Maybe there's there's, there's 17 guys that rotate in and out that are totally fine. But at some point, the defensive guys are just going to go, I'm done. I'm over it, right? Why am I going to go out there and hold Arizona to three? When we can't score a freaking point.
0: These are these are complaints that we heard coming out of Cleveland from the Cleveland defense. Really good defense about uh, Baker Mayfield. So it would be easy to point the finger at him and, and say that he's, you know, if you look at history, then it must be all him. Even though the defensive guys in Cleveland forgot that he led them to the playoffs. Uh, I think there's... Ample blame to go around for a lot of people. Part of this is Baker Mayfield's fault. Absolutely, it is. There are some easy passes that he can complete. Part of this is uh, Matt Rule's fault. But as we started the podcast, and I want to make sure that we finish the podcast the same way, this is all Ben McAdoo's fault. Ben McAdoo needs to go. He is, he is the problem right now. Or someone needs to sit him down and tell him, hey, you know, run the ball. And then, you know, when you're, when you're done with that, run the ball. And also, you could run the ball. And, you know, if you run the ball, then some of that other stuff is going to open up. Also, Baker appears to be a little short, or he gives some things away that says, I'm going to throw the ball now. And people are like, I think I'll jump and block that ball. Maybe roll Baker out. Maybe not to the right. Maybe roll him out to the left. Ooh, look at that.
1: Don't, 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 don't go overboard. That's that's
0: very inventive, rolling him out to the left, the opposite of where he normally throws. Maybe try something like that. I know it's creative. I know it goes against the Football for Dummies book. But, you know, come on. It's McAdoo. McAdoo is the main problem.
1: All right, so, you know, as far as Baker, because I think he had five passes batted down in this game, and if I recall correctly, that is good for a tie for the all-time NFL record of most passes batted down in a game. Five. Surprisingly low, by the way. I thought it had been maybe seven, eight. Five batted balls is the most in an NFL game, and Baker now has a tie for that. Now, uh, before you go a- a- and get all ragey angry at it, keep in mind that Drew Brees played his football at six foot tall, Right? If if I recall correctly, Drew Brees, Drew Brees played his ball at six foot. For all the years that we watched Drew Brees, Lonzo, you remember any games where Brees had more than maybe two basses batted down the line of scrimmage? No. No. No, but, you don't.
0: But I also don't remember him just sitting back in the pocket the entire time. He moved around a little bit. He
1: would, and and, and I will tell you. Even
0: inside the pocket, he would move around a little bit, and Baker is very, very stationary.
1: One thing that I have with Baker here is Baker's got happy feet. Baker's scared in the pocket. And I get it. I I think he spent an entire, well, I was going to say offseason, but an entire six weeks being told about how bad his offensive line was going to be. Now here's the thing. You go back and you watch tape of Baker Mayfield at Cleveland. At one point, Baker Mayfield was playing behind one of the best three offensive lines in all of the National Football League. Baker has always been a guy who will jettison a decent pocket. He has always been a guy who will see a pocket form around him and be willing, like, I need to get outside of this to make something happen. He's not doing anything more than he's done in the past. The problem that Baker's having right now is that in Cleveland, when they were a playoff team, they understood how to scheme the offense around the fact that Baker is only six with a low throwing motion. He just played Kyler Murray against... A seven-man defensive front in Carolina that's really good. How many balls did we bat down if Kyler Murray's in that game? Maybe one. Maybe one. Maybe one. Maybe a couple of tips here and there. There are ways around that. There are ways to scheme around that. There are ways to create throwing lanes for Baker, right? If you recognize that one of your plays is DJ coming across the middle from the left side and he's your priority assignment, there are ways to create a blocking scheme on the left side that will open up a throwing lane for Baker Mayfield that should be clear for him. And we're not doing any of that. It's like honestly, you know what it feels like? It feels like back when uh back in the old Madden games when the Ask Madden button made its debut, remember? And you could just push Ask Madden and it would give you the three plays that John Madden would suggest. And it was always just three random plays, right? It was never like, in this situation, it makes sense because it was just like, I would pick the... And it was random plays. It feels to me at times like McAdoo has just grabbed the Madden playbook and is like, go do this one. There's no scheming. There's no do this, but we're going to do this and we're going to shift this and roll protection over here and we're going to move the guard here and we're going to open the splits up because this guy's coming from the... It just feels like he just went online found a how-to-coach-an-offense playbook, handed it to Baker, and was like, I'm going to pick a number, and then you run that play. And that's like our whole offense right now. I know Lonzo thinks I'm a pessimist right now, but I feel like that's just reality at this point.
0: So the thing is, I've said this entire podcast, and also said on the show today, that I think Ben McAdoo is a problem. If you get rid of Ben McAdoo, who's the next guy up? And will they be more creative with plays? Because I really think that the talent is there for the Panthers to win some games. They were really close to first couple games. This game had a shot at it. Well into the third quarter, we're in the game, but the play calling is really, really bad. So I mean, how do you fix that? Other than and in at this point of the season, can you revamp the whole thing?
1: Uh, I'm going to tell you right now, and, and and this is the part that I don't like saying as a radio dude who wants the Panthers to be good. And as a Panthers fan who wants the Panthers to be good, this season's a wash. The season doesn't matter. No one in three teams are making the playoffs. It's just not happening. One in three. And the only team we've managed to beat is a team that should be zero and four. We're not good. We're not making the playoffs. So the question now becomes, and we'll get into this a little bit more on the Wednesday pod. The question now is, how much are you willing to make this season hurt to give us the best crack at rebounding next year, right? Do you let Matt Rule Matt Ruh- go midseason? If you do. My, my genuine honest question would be, I don't really care who comes in because at some point, at some point you got to go, it doesn't matter if we lose... Twelve or fifteen or sixteen. We don't win another title. I don't want to lose to the Atlanta Falcons. I, I I certainly would love to sweep the New Orleans Saints, however that comes into play, right? But at some point, you just gotta rip the band-aid off, Lonzo. And I'm afraid if you wait till the offseason, you will have let the wound underneath it fester for too long.
0: All right. I can't. I I I I just can't say the season's an entire wash yet I can't I think there's some adjustments that can be made and some games can be won can they still make the playoffs I don't know just because something hasn't been done doesn't mean it can't
1: I'll tell you this we got San Francisco we got LA we got Tampa if we take one of those three games I'll be blown away well, and I hate that
0: the Tampa game is not as tough as it used to sound
1: no, Tampa's not as good as they are. I mean, they're two and two, and 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 I got a feeling they're going to lose more than we thought they were. We considered them, and I considered them an NFC front runner this year. They ain't, they ain't anymore. But it's still Tom Brady. It's still the Bucs. They're still better than we it, are it also, today.
0: It also comes down to this, as far as the division goes. Nobody's really good, including Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay may have more potential, but they're not that good right now. So you can have a losing record. And win this division and make it to the playoffs. Now you may say, oh no, I don't like that. Oh well, I don't care. You still make the playoffs. <laughs> uh
1: as of right now, the Bucks are two and two, the Falcons are two and two, the Panthers are one and three, the Saints are one and three. So we're the Panthers, a game back.
0: Panthers are a game back. We're
1: a game back. You're not wrong. All right. Seems like it's good a place, if any, to call this one an afternoon. We will drop the Wednesday pod, which of course will be a little more hindsight reaction, as well as any news, notes, transactions, and reviews of the press conferences between now and then. Friday's pod will be our preview pod, where we will take a look at this Sunday's matchup when we take on the 49ers at the bank back-to-back. Mid-afternoon slots. We went 4 o'clock this weekend. We'll go 4 o'clock next weekend, and we'll have that break Actually, we're going 4. How about 3 in a row, though? 4 o'clock against the Cardinals, 4 o'clock against the Niners, and then 4 o'clock on the road at L.A. We're getting our national time, I guess. Hooray.
0: All I can say is I I guarantee you that the next podcast, I'm going to bring more positive than Rob's negative. It's going to be difficult, but I'm going to do it because – we can go that will lead us towards sunshine
1: how poetic from the great one ladies and gentlemen all right that's it for us next pod drops on wednesday in the meantime again do us a favor tell your carolina loving friends and family all about the views from mid street podcast we'll see you wednesday folks keep pounding baby